There's a new name to know in the Miami Hurricanes offensive coordinator search and polarizing doesn't even begin to describe the way this one's being received so far. You are locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday. I'm Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. So first reported yesterday afternoon by ProFootballScoop.com and then Barry Jackson from the Miami Herald started tweeting about this. Everybody started to talk about this. Doug Nussmeyer has emerged as what ProFootballScoop described as a strong candidate for the Miami Hurricanes offensive coordinator job. And he has reportedly spoken about that job with Mario Cristobal this week. A lot to take in here on Nussmeyer, who he is, where he's been, what he's done. So Nussmeyer uh, spent five years, the last five years, with the Dallas Cowboys. Tight ends coach for the first couple of years, quarterbacks coach the three most recent years. He was recently fired as Cowboys quarterbacks coach. He uh, was fired uh, right after Kellen Moore lost his job, the offensive coordinator there. Uh, Nussmeyer also has an extensive career coaching offenses throughout college football before he got to Dallas. He's a former OC at Alabama, and his time there intersected with Mario Cristobal's time. Uh, he was there with Cristobal in 2013. Nussmeyer also held the offensive coordinator job at Washington before he was at Bama and then at Michigan and at Florida after he was at Alabama. My take here on Nussmeyer. I have, how can I say this diplomatically? I have mixed feelings about Doug Nussmeyer being a candidate for this offensive coordinator job. And I'm having a hard time talking myself into thinking that this is a good idea. And based on the way some of you have been responding to these reports, I'm going to have a hard time talking some of you guys into thinking this is going to be a good idea. There are definitely pros and cons. Uh, I fear the cons might hold more weight here than the pros. But let's start with the pros on Doug Nussmeyer if he were to land in this job, okay? Nuss, as we're going to call him, uh, he, he's he got NFL experience, okay? He's well-respected in NFL circles. He's also he's held some of the biggest coordinator jobs in the country over the years. And, you know, he has experience working for Nick Saban, which is always a plus because everyone who works with Nick seems to learn a lot from him, Mario Cristobal included. Uh, so Nussmeyer, another pro here, during his time in Dallas, he wasn't a play caller there, but as a quarterback's coach for the last three years, the Cowboys offense, how much credit you give to Nussmeyer is up to you. But the Cowboys offense during his tenure there was putting up some big numbers, okay? Like in the last two seasons, the Cowboys were first in league scoring in 2021, fourth in league scoring in 2022. Uh, they were tied for fourth and then 13th, respectively, in passing yards per game the past two seasons. And obviously, Dak Prescott didn't have his best year uh, this 
past season, but was very good the year prior to that. And Nussmeyer was working with him that entire time. And okay, on a con, or uh, sorry, on a pro, let me give you another pro before we get to the cons. Nuss, he's oozing with experience. And that could be a good thing, right? When you're talking about gravitas with the hire, when you're talking about recruiting players, NFL experience, and a lot of experience at big-time universities before he got to the Dallas Cowboys, that can only be a good thing. So those are the pros. And if I left off any pros, let me know, okay? Uh, but for the cons, I can't ignore the numbers that Doug Nussmeyer offenses were putting up through the final four years of his time in college football before going to the NFL. His offenses between 2014 and 2017 could barely get into the end zone. Does that sound familiar? What we were experiencing the past year? Uh, 2014 with Michigan. Michigan Wolverines under Nussmeyer, offensive coordinator there, they were 111th with just 20.3 points per game. 2015 with Florida, their offense was 100th. 23.2 points per game. 2016, Florida's offense 107th in the country with 23.8 points per game. At least they got a little better. Uh, 2017, though, they were 109th in the country was Florida with 22.1 points per game. So, you know, the last four years after he left Nick Saban didn't look so good. And, you know, he did, though, going back 10 years to the last time he was at Alabama, that was 2013, Nussmeyer did seem to do really good work with A.J. McCarron at Alabama. It's nice to be able to nurture quarterbacks, but in his final year at Alabama, reportedly Nick Saban had to beg Nussmeyer to call more passing plays. And then, you know, I talked about how bad Nussmeyer's offenses were in Florida, and boy, I've heard from a lot of Gator fans about that. When the Gator fans are telling you, you better hire this guy, <laughs> A little bit of an ulterior motive there on their parts. Uh, but to be fair to Nussmeyer's time at Florida, because, you know, I, I looked back on it, what was going on there when he was with the Gators. You know, you remember the quarterback situation then. The Will Greer fiasco and his suspension for PEDs, that really hurt the quarterback situation. Uh, the quarterback situation was pretty decimated during the time that Nussmeyer was at Florida. He had to deal with that. Uh, but it's interesting because, you talk about some of the poor offensive numbers that, you know, his offense has had for his last several years in college. Um, people often wonder this about Nuss, like how he seems to keep getting better jobs every time he loses a job somewhere. You remember uh, for the Dolphin fans out there, you remember what Cam Cameron used to say, fail forward fast. This guy seems to fail forward. And, you know, maybe there's something to that. Like maybe despite the fact that, you know, certain places he's been, the numbers haven't been good. Maybe people around college football in the NFL, they feel like that's not necessarily his fault, or they still feel like he's a good coach and he's a good relationship builder. Uh, but, you know, so I'll give you an example on him failing forward. You know, Nussmeyer, and he did a good job in Dallas. I know that when they fire an offensive coordinator, it's not uncommon for the quarterback's coach to also be fired. Uh, but he was just fired by Dallas uh, and yet he has now interviewed for the Ravens offensive coordinator job. So he's interviewing for promotions in the NFL. It's very possible that Nussmeyer lands in another NFL job somewhere and that he might choose that over an opportunity at Miami if he is indeed offered the Miami Hurricanes offensive coordinator job. I don't know if he has been or will be. We'll get to that. 
Uh, and, you know, the last time that Nussmeyer had legitimate success as a college offensive coordinator, it was 10 years ago at Alabama. So does Mario Cristobal, who worked with him in that very season, does he think Nussmeyer can recapture 2013 in 2023? Does Mario Cristobal feel that based on the personnel Miami has right now with a much improving offensive line, you know, a, a quarterback who I think is a lot better than the numbers he put up last year in Tyler Van Dyke and the players on Miami's offensive roster, does Mario feel that they fit perfectly with the way that Nuss likes to coach? Does Mario know something we don't know about how Nussmeyer can bring out the best in TVD? He's worked with quarterbacks well before. Uh, is he the best guy in Mario's eyes to develop Emory Williams for the future? Those are some of the questions we have to ask ourselves. And, you know, I think the fact that Nussmeyer, I'm trying, I'm trying to think positively on this one, guys. I think the fact that he's landed so many big jobs in the past, that might be an indication that unlike Josh Gaddis, Maybe Nussmeyer works well with others and has a reputation for connecting well with players. So listen, I've, I've tried to be as fair as possible in evaluating this option. I don't love it. I don't necessarily think it would be the catastrophe, though, that some of you guys are making it out to be because I see some Canes fans. And by the way, you guys are full of it when you say, if they hire this guy, I'm no longer a fan. <laughs> Like, okay. Are you telling me you've been a fan of this program for your entire life? And if you don't like the OC hire, you're just going to give up. And listen, most of us really liked the Josh Gaddis hire last year, and that ended up not working out. So sometimes the hires you like don't end up working out. And then the hires you don't like end up working out. I always have a wait and see approach with this stuff, but I want you guys to remember something very important about this Doug Nussmeyer idea, if he could potentially become the next offensive coordinator at the University of Miami. I'm going to tell you what that is when we come back. We still have a lot to talk about, guys. Do not go anywhere here on this Friday edition of Locked on Canes. Folks, this is what you need at your Super Bowl parties, my friends. This year, the only app you need at your party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're so excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America. That's FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better because they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 next week with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads. Who will score a touchdown? All oh, the player props are my favorites, guys. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts, and we are available free on YouTube. Let's remember this, guys. When we're talking about Doug Nussmeyer, uh, per reports, being you know a, a confirmed candidate, right? Someone who has spoken to Mario Cristobal about this offensive coordinator job. Remember, Mario Cristobal has kept this offensive coordinator search very close to the vest, as we've talked about. So, okay, Doug Nussmeyer, he happens to be a name that has leaked. That doesn't mean he's getting the job. 
it certainly doesn't mean he's the only candidate. I know he's not the only candidate. And we have no idea if he's Mario Cristobal's favorite candidate. So just because we know he's in the mix doesn't mean he's the favorite. And it certainly doesn't mean he's the only guy that Cristobal is talking to. Uh, I believe that Mario Cristobal's top choice, and I, I don't necessarily think this is the guy who's coming, but I think Mario Cristobal's top choice more than likely is Jason Candle at Toledo because Mario tried to get him last year and Candle runs one of the most balanced offenses I've ever seen. Uh, Candle, I think it's going to be tough to get because he's a head coach at Toledo. And even if you do offer him more money, he may decide not to leave a head coaching gig for a coordinator's gig. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, I also believe it's, you know, people have been asking me about Jeff Scott the last couple of days. I encourage you, if you go to our audio feed page, Locked on Canes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your pods, or if you go to our YouTube channel, just go back a few days and Larry Bluestein and I, had a big conversation about Jeff Scott earlier this week because a lot of people are asking me, what about Jeff Scott? You know, former Clemson co-OC. He's back at Clemson now as an analyst. I think Jeff Scott would be a strong choice. Uh, he's a great recruiter, and he knows this area very well in recruiting. So uh, for those of you who've been asking me about Jeff Scott, I, I think he should be a strong choice. Now, you know, we don't have, unlike Nussmeyer, we don't really have confirmation that Scott is in the mix, but I suspect that's a guy who could be in the mix, and I think he would be a great candidate here. So, you know, if you go through the reactions that Miami fans are having about the the Doug Nussmeyer reports, uh, most Hurricanes fans seem to hate the idea. <laughs> Do you want to have a little fun today? Search his name on Twitter and get ready for like an absolute freak show of comments, all right? Now, um, not everybody hates this idea. Like, I, I, I gave you all my reasons why I'm very torn on it. Uh, you know, I, I have a hard time kind of talking myself into the idea that he'd be a great candidate. Uh, I don't hate it as much as some of you hate it. But there are there are some people in the business who I respect who, who think it wouldn't be a bad idea. Like uh, Gary Furman from Kane Sport, he tells me he thinks that Nussmeyer would be a strong hire, but... He thinks Nuss could end up with another NFL job. I mean, I mentioned he's been interviewing for other jobs like Ravens offensive coordinator. So I don't necessarily think uh, even if Mario wanted Nussmeyer that he would be taking the job because he could have other options in the league. Uh, my colleague, Brian Smith, who we spoke to about other things on yesterday's episode, uh, my colleague, Brian Smith at All Hurricanes, he thinks Nuss could actually be good for recruiting because of his NFL experience and, and that he's done good recruiting work at his previous stops. OK, so, you know, not everybody hates this idea, right? Whether it's going to be Nuss or somebody else, not everybody hates the Nussmeyer idea. But uh, I also wanted to on this episode because you guys dropped me so many great Twitter questions and you can follow our show on Twitter at Locked on Canes. If you follow us at Locked on Canes, we will follow you back. And if you tweet us a question or comment, we could read some of those on the show. We're going to read some of those today. Um, I get a question here from Jeremy Todd. He tweets to us, what do you think is the best style of offense for this team based on its current personnel? Um, I think probably power spread. Uh, I, I think that's, you know, and, and obviously uh, the power spread last year didn't work, but I, I think you can probably blame other reasons on that with Josh Gaddis and with on so many players being injured. Uh, I think this is what Mario Cristobal wants to do. It's the way he's been recruiting players to fit in this style of offense. So 
Uh, I think a power spread. I think that's what Mario wants to run, and I think he feels that his uh, personnel fits that best. I uh, got some good questions here on players who could make a big jump next season. First of those came from Nick's Hex tweets to us. Uh, what returning players do you see making the biggest jump in production for 2023? Got two similar questions on that. L let me give you a handful. So returning players on this Miami Hurricanes roster who I see making a big jump next season. Uh, first one, Tyler Van Dyke. You know, I and obviously he was he was on top of the mountain in 2021. He regressed in 2022. Part of that was on his coaching, new system, and he got injured. It was just a Murphy's Law for Tyler. I I could see Tyler bouncing back, and the reasons are simple because Miami's offensive line looks so much better this coming year. I mean, whether you think the freshman can play or not, and I think the two five-stars can definitely play right away, but whether you think the freshman can play or not, I know Javion Cohen can play who's transferring in. I know Matt Lee can play who's transferring in. And if Zion Nelson can have better luck with injuries, I think he can be great this year. And I, I love Jalen Rivers, and I love, you know, Inez Cooper. There's a lot to love on that offensive line. So, like, right there, if you can protect Tyler Van Dyke, he's going to be looking a lot better. Um, you know, I, I'm cautiously optimistic whoever the next quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator can be is going to connect with Tyler better than the previous batch did. And I also think Miami's running back situation looks a lot better this year. So I could see Tyler Van Dyke making a huge jump and looking more like the guy he was in 2021. So I start with him. Uh, Wes Besaint. How could I not think this guy's going to make a huge jump? I mean, Besaint started to make a huge jump in the second half of last year at linebacker, was a true freshman last year. So now, you know, this guy comes into the offseason with just a better understanding uh, and it seems like the defensive coaching is going to stay uh, pretty much the same as last year. So he's got a better understanding, Besaint. He's got another offseason to put on more size and more confidence. And, you know, I, I think – for as good as he was like the last handful of games last year, I think the Saint is going to be a stud this year. Uh, Jacoby George, a wide receiver. I see him making a big jump. You know, he was his own worst enemy last year. Suspension, injury, couldn't get on the field consistently. Uh, he had a, a really good freshman year the year prior. I think Jacoby George is going to make a big jump. Uh, I, I mentioned this name earlier with the O-lineman, Inez Cooper, who was a true freshman last year. That dude is gigantic, and he's a mauler. I think he's going to make a big jump. And I'll throw in uh, I'll throw in James Williams. I hope. I hope James makes a big jump uh, this coming season because he's been looking for consistency the last couple of years. And, you know, he's playing opposite Cam Kinchins, who's already an All-American, and hopefully James can reach his potential this year. Uh, we get a similar question from Paul Erickson, who I don't think is related to Dennis Erickson. Uh, he says... Uh, who could take a Cam Kinchins-like jump next season, if not first-team All-American, maybe first-team ACC? So he's asking more about players making jumps. So I, I saved a couple of names that I didn't get to in the previous question. As far as like who could make a, an All-ACC type of jump this year, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with a couple of guys whose seasons were cut very short with injury last year. Uh, tight end Elijah Arroyo. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't. Don't ask me how his recovery is going from the ACL. I don't know, but he suffered an ACL tear early in the season. Uh, hopefully, hopefully he's good to go in time for, you know, September. Was it first or second? Whenever the season opens, hopefully he's good to go for that. 
but, you know, Arroyo, his season was cut very short last year, but then he was also playing behind Will Mallory to start the season. Um, you know, he now it'll be him and kind of Jaleel Skinner will be the guys competing for first team tight end reps. But uh, I, I think this could be the year if he's healthy. I think Elijah Arroyo, who I expected him to be like a, a second or third all ACC player last year. So I, I could see him doing that this year, especially if he's not playing you know behind Mallory this season. So Elijah Arroyo at tight end and another obvious one because um, he missed the entire season last year to injury. Watched this guy in fall camp, and he looked like a grown man at 18 years old. Trevante Citizen. I think Trevante Citizen, uh, who his his ACL tear was, I think, about a month, five, six weeks before Arroyo's. So hopefully that means he's even farther along in his recovery, Trevante Citizen. Like, if he had played last year, he could have ended up being RB1. I'm that high on Citizen. Now, it's a little bit of a leap of faith because we haven't seen the guy actually play in college yet. Like we haven't seen him actually play except for practicing against his own teammates. But Citizen looks like the real deal to me. And I, I could see him making, making a huge jump, uh, especially if he's healthy to start the season or at least early in the season this year. Got a couple of more awesome questions I want to get to, including a question about a, uh, a hopeful offensive coordinator candidate and uh oh a question about why frank ponce left and if uh if that was a mistake on his part or even a mistake on mario cristobal's part to let him go so <laughs> we still have a lot coming up here keep it locked to locked on canes guys I hope you've been enjoying Built Bars so far. If you're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories, you've got to try a Built Bar. Yeah, we recently got through the holidays. I mean, hopefully it's February now, so hopefully you're still sticking with your New Year's resolutions. You haven't thrown in the towel yet. And for a lot of us, the resolution every year, you want to eat healthier. But if you're like me, you don't want to compromise taste when you eat healthy. I've got just the thing for you. you got to try Built with Built Healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious. You're not going to think that they're good for you, but they are perfect for your New Year's resolution. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. They come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie. I've been enjoying the newest boxes that I've gotten at my home are the uh, the cookie dough chunk puffs, which are probably my favorites. They're so good. I don't know how Built does it, but their bars, they taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. Only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And you don't need to wait around to get a box. Like for years, we've been talking about ordering your built bars at built.com. You can still do that, but now you can get built bars at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk into the pharmacy section, grab yourself a box. If you're close to Sam's Club, like our listener Al runs into Sam's Club every couple weeks, run in and grab a 13 bar box with hit flavors like brownie batter and churro. And you can thank me later because I love me some built bars. Thank you so much for making this Friday episode of Locked on Canes your first listen. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Uh, got a, a Twitter question from Open Hockey Live. And I especially want to thank you because Open Hockey Live says, he says he got on Twitter just so he can communicate with the show better. Dude, that's awesome. Uh, he says, I have a question for your next podcast. All the running back talk, I keep thinking of Willis McGahee. What were your thoughts on Willis? Uh, 
he's on my Mount Rushmore of favorite hurricane running backs. Like he's probably a top two or three guy for me. Like the Canes running backs over the years, like, and especially uh, I, I think some of my most beloved times watching Canes football, like when I was in high school and then a student at Miami, late nineties, early two thousands, Edger and James, Willis McGahee, Frank Gore, three of my very, very favorites. And the season that Willis McGahee had in 2002, where he probably should have won the Heisman that year. He was so good. You know, he and Dorsey were both finalists, and I think they took votes away from each other that year. But McGahee was just an unstoppable force. Track speed with incredible size and power. He could change direction and take it 60 yards to the house. He could break through tackles. He could run between the tackles, outside the tackles. And, you know... He had a great NFL career, but probably could have been even better if he didn't blow out his knee in that Ohio State game, the national championship game like that. I, I don't know how much that may have even set him back, but he was incredible. And I've, I've had the chance, uh, you know, later in life in the last few years to to do a couple of events with Willis. He's a great guy, had a chance to kind of compare some of the stories from 2002 with the way I saw it versus him actually experiencing it. So. Yeah, I'm glad you asked about Willis because he's he's a class act and, you know, he's one of my, one of my favorite Miami Hurricanes running backs ever. Uh, so, yeah, on this episode, we talked about Doug Nussmeyer as a confirmed candidate for offensive coordinator. But there's a name that people keep talking about. And I see you guys tweeting out your snowman gifts. You know, everybody, I mean, maybe not everybody, but a lot of Hurricanes fans, they want Scott Frost to be the OC. And Clint Pinder tweets to us, Hoping for Scott Frost. Uh, and listen, a couple days ago, I can't remember if it was Tuesday or Wednesday's episode. Uh, I, I was uh, I, I was told one of these mornings this week by someone who's given me really good information on Miami Hurricanes coaching moves in the past that uh, I should not expect Frost to be the next OC. And I did see last night uh, Gary Furman made a post on Kane Sport that he thinks you can eliminate Frost as a candidate. So there, there seems to be some of that information seems to be getting around. Uh, I was told it. Apparently, Gary Furman was as well. Um, this is one of those things where I would love to be wrong about this. Right? I know you might say, but Dono, for your pride, wouldn't you rather be right? I like Scott Frost a lot. I know he, you know, maybe had some some personal issues at Nebraska, but I, I like the offenses he's run. Uh, I, I like him as a recruiter. I like the work that he did at UCF, even though obviously complete failure at Nebraska, but previous stops, he was really good. Um, personally, guys, I'm not expecting Frost to be the guy because I was told as much, but this is one of those scenarios where when it's somebody you like, I would be more than happy to be wrong about this one. And because there still seems to be some Frost buzz going around on social media from people who, you know, claim to have their sources and all that. So I, I would love to see it. I you know, I think I would be happier uh, about Frost being the guy than the Nussmeyer if it came down to one of those two. But I'm personally, I'm, I'm not expecting not expecting Frost to be the guy. KS Esquire tweets this about the Nussmeyer reports. He says, if this is the type of candidate we are realistically considering, we would have been 100 times better off promoting Coach Ponce to offensive coordinator. Um, you know, people have theories on that. Some people think that the reason why Ponce left is because he knew he wasn't getting the offensive coordinator job. Uh, I also think that Ponce, just after a year down here, decided the best situation for him 
professionally and just personally was to go back to Appalachian State when that job came back open. Uh, he still has his home up there and his wife still lives up there because his wife works for a local news station and she's under contract. She couldn't leave and come down to Miami with him. And he may have missed his wife. Like he may have decided, you know what? I, I just, I enjoyed, I enjoyed my life better up there. Let me go back up there. So, you know, um, and also like to be fair and Frank Ponce is a great dude, uh, but it, it's not like you saw any evidence last year of him doing a great job coaching the quarterbacks. Like where we're, I mean, Jakari Brown had one really good game against Georgia tech, but Tyler Van Dyke didn't look any better last year than he did the year before he looked worse. Jake Garcia didn't get any better last year. So the, the results weren't there. So, you know, ho hopefully, and I like Frank Ponce, hopefully, you know, he made the decision that is best for him. Um, Black Tastic tweets to us with this OC hire, is Mario Cristobal willing to give the OC full control of the offense? If not, is that why this is taking so long? Um, I believe that once he gets his OC here, I think he's willing to give them full control, but I believe he's focusing his search more than likely on candidates that run the type of offense he likes. I think he's focusing on power spread type of candidates uh, and also you know, whoever comes in is going to have to retain Alex Mirabal as offensive line coach. Some people think that's a problem. I don't think that's a problem because I think most any candidate would want to work with Mirabal. He's very well liked and well respected. He's had great success in the past. So, you know, I, I don't I don't think that the whole Mirabal package is is necessarily a bad thing like some people think it is. Um, so, you know, I, I think once Mario gets his guy, he's going to give his guy the keys to the offense. I just think that, you know, the, the search is probably focused on certain types of candidates. I don't believe he's interviewing air raid guys for this offensive coordinator job. Uh, our pal better duck tweets to me. What other CDs did you acquire from your sister's collection? So I, I told this story. It was on the Hawk and Crowder show yesterday. I didn't tell it on this, uh, on this podcast, but you know, I, I have, uh, you know, I, I have a lot of hand-me-down CDs. Like in the 90s, when my sister went off to college, she left a lot of her CDs behind. And I was talking about uh, a Prodigy CD that I, I commandeered from my sister. Other notable CDs that I acquired from my older sister's collection back in the 90s, Wyclef Jean, The Carnival, which is a magnificent album. Uh, Bob Marley's greatest hits. I, I haven't even listened to that CD in 15 years, but I still know every word to every Bob Marley song because he's one of the greatest of all time. And another one I can remember, uh, no doubt, Tragic Kingdom is another CD that I acquired from my sister's collection. And I, I haven't listened to that CD in forever. But again, I know all the words to every song on there. So there's that. Uh, thank you guys so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Make sure you make Locked on College Basketball your second listen with experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bringing you everything you need to know on and off the court. Locked on College Basketball available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We will talk to you guys tomorrow or even later today. Who knows? On another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.